0: friends, welcome to another new episode of Heartfelt Consciousness. So today's guest um, is one actually my former instructors, Kathy Prescott. Uh, So she's a graduate um, and a senior faculty member of the Professional Integrative Yoga Therapy Program. Uh, She's also been teaching since 1999 and brings more than 40 years of yoga study to her class along with additional qualifications in Ayurvedic Um, medicine, meditation, remedial massage, Vedic counseling, clinical yoga therapy, and Reiki. Um, And she is the co-founder of Dharmakastra Yoga, which we had um, Amadarshan on several, a couple months ago. Um, So she offers their in-depth programs uh, for yoga students and professionals. So her private yoga therapy practice focuses on helping individuals with small groups develop complementary programs for meeting their wellness objectives. So we have a great conversation actually today about mudras, uh, which is one of her passions that she discovered during her yoga therapy training. And um, yeah, so let's go ahead and dive in. So I'll see you guys on the other side. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Not too bad. I can't complain. It's a beautiful day out and the flowers are just blooming. I'm actually just in a great overall great mood. Um, yeah, and I, I appreciate you're here to talk about uh, mudras and stuff today. Um, I did want to kind of let the audience know, uh, just kind of introduce you quickly. Uh, so, Kathy actually is part of the the team of uh, Dharma Kesha Yoga. So, if you guys listened to the podcast with Atma Darshan a few months ago. Uh, she, they collaborate together to, uh, put together trainings and teach classes and things like that, teacher trainings and things. And also like yoga therapy. Um, and actually you were the other teacher that was involved with the yoga nidra training that I had done back in 2019 in the beginning of 20, which was thinking back to that. I'm like, wow, that was so long ago. It feels like it was so long ago. lifetime. Lifetime ago. I know. Right. Um, So would you mind actually just kind of filling in the blanks a little bit, telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and then your journey with yoga and any other forms of practice that you have?
1: Certainly. Well, I've been practicing yoga for over 42 years now. I started out in Pittsfield, Massachusetts at a tiny studio in the annex of the Unitarian Church and never left. After that, I've studied all over the place, mostly therapeutically based styles of yoga, I moved to Cleveland in 2015 permanently after studying with the Bihar School of Yoga here for a while, Mm -hmm. and um, I'm also faculty on the Kripalu School of Integrative Yoga Therapy in the Berkshires. Very
0: cool.
1: Yeah. I've trained in Ayurveda, so I'm an Ayurveda health counselor. I am a Reiki master, and on the sides, I've done massage therapy, aromatherapy, and most recently biofield tuning fork therapy. Ooh,
0: very cool. uh, Uh, We might have to have you talk about that on another podcast episode. (laughs) Possibly. That sounds really interesting. It's It's
1: really cool. Awesome. Uh, You know, I'm at that point in my life where my mission really now is to support the uprising, the rising, not uprising, rising (laughs) yoga therapists, uh, because the profession is becoming much uh, more mainstream. Mm -hmm. And as our governing bodies bring us into that professional level, the, the next generation really needs to be prepared. So that's, that's, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what, so I'm just kind of curious what, um, thinking back to, you know, when you've maybe first stepped into even a studio or wherever it was, uh, where did you, where do you remember where you took your first class and maybe what your impressions were with
1: that? So I had just moved to Pittsfield, Massachusetts, out of school, and I graduated mid-year, so it was very cold, January, and I walked into a health food store, and there was a flyer for a yoga class, and I didn't even know what yoga was. So I went, and my first teachers, my first teacher training were at the Unitarian Church. Oh, wow. Minister's wife, a nurse, and I'll call Joanna Hippie. She was more... (laughs) (laughs) So it was a really diverse group of women who ran the studio and taught us and it was very um, I would call traditional type yoga there mm-hmm. was always meditation always pranayama and some asana no props there was no such
0: thing as props yet mm-hmm. so it's the floor <laughs> so you're just like maybe even a chair too I don't even know like did the church did you actually do it like in like a gym space or something or was it like a was there just an open room
1: was an open room and it wasn't it was right at the top of the church so you had to walk up all the stairs oh my stairs and we sat in a circle and we did yoga and i was hooked right after that first class oh
0: wow that's a wonderful that's a wonderful story wonderful experience to have uh to be the first experience as well so Kind of moving into the topic that we're talking about today, so I would love to dive into this—the topic of mudras, which is like your specialty. You're an expert in this. Um, so, you know, for the listeners who may not have a lot of practice uh, with that, right in their, right in their time of practice, when they don't practice it a lot, you know, mudras are obviously these gestures that we use with our hands, uh, face, our bodies, and. We use them to promote our physical health, psychological balance, spiritual awakening. So, what drew you specifically to kind of expand your studies in this area? It um, I owe
1: that all to Joseph LePage. Back in 1992, I was knee deep in diapers with three small children, and I saw a yoga journal article about integrative yoga therapy. And I said, Someday I'm going to take that training. And I got to take it in 1999. And not only did I take the training, but I also ended up working for him. And hand mudras are a primary uh, tool for yoga therapy in Mm -hmm. the style of integrative yoga therapy. And we spent many years working as a team, several practitioners of playing with the different mudras, documenting the effects, mudras with similar effects and how these might be beneficial for our, our clients who need a therapeutic gentle type of practice um it 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 just naturally arose out of that we all knew anjali mudra prayer position and we all know thumb to index finger so all of a sudden it was like having a keyboard with all these different ways of manipulating the hands and the fingers and seeing how the energy changed
0: so awesome yeah i do, actually i do own that book um i it was recommended i think by another teacher and I'm trying to think who it was, but um, I did buy it. I want to say I even bought it just recently, like at the beginning of the year. And I was just, you know, I'm actually really enjoying using it. And I use it actually a few times. Uh, I've used it a few times in my classes. Um, and I like that they offer a lot of nice uh, meditation to kind of correlate with the different mudras and kind of really embody that whole that whole practice. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah, and the thing about it as a yoga therapy tool is Mm -hmm. that anybody
1: can practice mudras. Even if you're paralyzed with one hand, you can envision it. You can uh, use a mirror if the other hand works. And if a certain mudra doesn't work for some reason, there's always another mudra with a similar effect. Mm -hmm. And we found historically that mudras are the most student compliant practice of all the things we do, they will do these because they can be sitting on the couch and not bothering anybody else. They don't have to worry about breath. They don't have to worry about a posture and they get the benefits of it. So it's, it's such a powerful tool for them.
0: Yeah. I like that. Um, So each mudra that you, that you practice, you know, with this intention in mind or it has this uh, core quality, Uh, Do you find that there are mudras that maybe you're drawn to more and that you would personally kind of maybe use it outside of a yoga class? Like if you're just kind of, you're trying to get centered or grounded or something like that, and you just want to find some peace, some inner stillness, and then you just kind of sit down and and you're practicing. I mean, is there anything that you kind of are drawn to more frequently? Right. So I am very much an introvert. And I
1: get ungrounded very easily when I'm put in front of the spotlight, if you will. So grounding mudras are part and parcel to it. It's as simple as just holding your thumb is a grounding mudra. And that's really easy. I also like heart opening mudras. To me, the heart is the key to spiritual growth. So anytime that I can work with something from prayer position to something else really works. And then from a therapeutic perspective, uh, my journey through menopause has included these bouts of heart racing, and mm. it sometimes wakes me up at night, and there is a mudra that takes the energy away from the heart and stops that. It's protocol for when someone's having a heart attack, mm. and so that's my go-to, and I can I can almost do it in my sleep when that starts to happen, and it makes such a difference with um, my body having to readjust based on that little response.
0: Yeah. I might have to actually look, is it in that book? Because I might have to look at, I have, well, I have hyperthyroidism. So sometimes I do get not really heart palpitations, but my heart does kind of get like a little, little fast. I have high blood pressure, obviously too, all these issues, but you know, I've, I've been incorporating other obviously mindfulness practices that have kind of, uh, need kind of still those a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'll have to check, I'll have to look in the book for that for sure, um, to kind of implement that in my practice as well. In the book, it's called Apana Vayu Mudra, okay. it's
1: also called Hridaya Mudra, more traditionally. So you'll see it in two different formats and there's been research on it. So there's, there's documentation to its
0: effectiveness. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that book though. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Um, So speaking of that, uh, kind of leading to like the last question, um, so what do you find the most valuable lesson that you learned during 2020, especially, you know, we all had to shift into things that maybe we're not comfortable with. Um, so yeah, how did, how, how did that go? What did you learn?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's really interesting. My whole family is out in on the East Coast of so Boston and upstate mm-hmm. New York. So I haven't seen anybody since oh. Thanksgivings ago. And so it's been a really interesting situation. Being an introvert, having to shelter at home, okay. And I don't live alone, so it's okay. But what really stands out for me is really looking at what is essential to live a healthy and happy life mm-hmm. and keeping things simple and really touching into the breath, being grateful for every breath that I still have left and opportunities to connect to nature because that was really, it's healing, it's it's safe, and it, it keeps you going. Mm-hmm. Gratitude for friends, family. I got to study with my teachers still, even the ones in India who were Zooming. I'm grateful for Zoom even though I'm very tired of Zoom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And just having to be accepting and patient with what is and knowing that we will get through this.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. what
1: we're about. everything is going to be okay. Eventually, you know, and mm-hmm. through the recovery.
0: Yeah. We got to have that optimistic attitude uh, or else it's just, you're going to dig yourself into a hole and then it's going to be hard to get out of it. Right. Um yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's amazing though. And I think a lot of, a lot of us feel very much similar way, especially with zoom, even though, um, I, I kind of feel like I'm in a similar, similar kind of way as you, you know, I, I you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I was able to kind of shift with this pretty easily as well. So maybe, maybe I also kind of have the, um, kind of the little introvert little bit of me too, as well. And, um, yeah. And I'm actually, although Zoom, I, yeah, as much as I I never used it before, all this went down. <laughs> and now I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm learning, still learning things from it every day, but I actually don't mind if it's, if it stays around for a little bit longer, you know, again, it's allowing us to connect um, even now, you know, doing, recording this, you know, that we get to connect with people that live far away. And, um, you know, I, I'm grateful that I've, I have been able to find a position where I can work virtually. And this is our form of communication, you know, just speaking, we can still see each other face to face, even though they're not in person. And uh, they're a few hundred miles away from me, <laughs> or more. Um, but yeah, it's been an it's been an awesome journey, for sure. I can totally relate to that. Well, awesome. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you taking your time today, Kathy, and just kind of talking about your experiences, uh, journey with yoga and with mudra and uh, yoga therapy. Um, So yeah, great talking to you. So hopefully I will get to see each other in person sometime soon in 2021. I hope so. I hope so. At least outside, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Outside. We have the beautiful, the lake, the beautiful Cleveland weather. So yeah, I hope so too.
1: A so yoga, a yoga by the lake
0: be yes, that would be wonderful. <laughs> All right, well, have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Laura. All right, take care. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Kathy. And as always, uh, don't forget to share, review, and subscribe. So be well, my friends, and I'll talk to you again soon.